Hello, ladies and gentlemen, nerds of all ages. Welcome to the podcast, your favorite show about reptiles, amphibians, specifically, usually turtles and tortoises, and the dweebs who love them. Um, <laughs> coming to you live um, through your computers. What's that, Steve? You're making fun of me. Speak for yourself, man. Just for the record, I'm bringing back the game. Oh, fantastic. We have pretzels. Steve, don't say anything nerdy, man. <laughs> don't say anything nerdy. Or I'm going to eat pretzels. Done and said. This, this pretzel is just to prove to people that I have pretzels. The rest of the bag is for you. Steve. <laughs> not the viewer, for Steve. <clears throat> so a really good show for you. We're, we're excited. I figured you were going to wait till after Easter bring that game back. Yeah, right, because the candy. That's right. Well, I'll do that. I'll do that, too. I don't get as much candy on, on Easter as I do on Halloween. True. People usually don't buy other, like, don't buy grown men candy. Well. Although my mother-in-law might come through in the clutch and buy me, like, a two-foot-tall chocolate bunny or something like that. they're buying it for Cambria, and you're getting to eat it. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. Yeah, Cambria's my daughter, if anyone's wondering. But uh, we want to jump right into it today. We want to jump right into it. So enough about me and my gluttony. <clears throat> First, I <coughs> wanted to just give myself a shout out because um, that's how I roll. Humble brag. Uh, yeah, I'm not one to brag, but um, just saying. Um, this bi month, this, this two month period. Uh, in, yeah, I don't know what that means. Um, this, uh, Reptiles Magazine has uh, my article in it. Um, and has the article about a species that uh, we've spoken about many times on the show and a species that I've written about quite a bit uh, the Vietnamese black-breasted leaf turtle pretty nice attractive spread so head on out to Barnes & Noble or Petco or PetSmart or whoever else carries the magazine and pick up a copy and um, I'd be really appreciative. But it's pretty cool to see it in print in a magazine that's as widely distributed as that. There's pros and cons to anything that you could write for. Um, but, you know, that's really a cool part about this and why it was a goal of mine for a long time. Uh, just because anytime you can get your message out there that much, that's a pretty positive thing, right? That it is. That it is. <clears throat> yeah. So there you go. <clears throat> Steve Enders, man of few words. Apparently. All right. Uh, my wife would argue with that greatly, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she would. Those, of course, those who know me, especially in person, know that I can talk just about to anyone about anything. Um, but normally when we're on the podcast here, I'm just trying to lay low and make sure things are happening uh, in the background. Right. Um, but since it's just the two of us tonight, that means I need to get some talking in myself. So give me a second to pull something up here. That way I can throw a picture up here while we break into our, our topic good. for tonight. I'll sing to everyone while we wait. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try, just the two of us, Steve and I. All right. So tonight, <clears throat> our plan is to talk about some of our favorite colonial literature. Yeah. Uh, be, it, um, <laughs> be it academic type books, talking about the natural history of species to various other topics. Anyway, so I'm going to start it off tonight with... A relatively new book. This book came out, um, I think it was late 2014. Let me check. Um, it says copyright 2013. So apparently I've had it for longer than I thought, but I think it really didn't hit the shelves till 14. Anyway, here it is. The Map Turtle and Sawback Atlas. Um, here it is on Amazon. <clears throat> this book is written by uh, Peter V. Lindemann who is a, um, a professor at uh, Edinburgh University 
here in Pennsylvania, which is part of the uh, state university system. Dude! I had the pleasure of meeting, uh, meeting Peter at the, the Turtle Survival Alliance conference in August, and he and I had a good time uh, talking. But anyway, Dude, so he wrote Steve, this book. Steve, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Dude, did you, that's the place that I told you I want to go get my master's. Yeah. I know. I tried telling you that he teaches there. You, you did? Yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> I'm so dumb. Anyhow, um, <clears throat> Peter is one of the uh, foremost map turtle researchers, and you could literally call this the Bible of map turtles. Um, it's a spectacularly written book. Uh, it covers everything from, <laughs> from uh, introduction of the biology to history of studies to ecology, conservation, and even species accounts, and there are some great, uh, great, range maps he's got some of the old range maps from some of the old uh old field guides mm. in here as well but then he breaks out his fancy range maps um, let me pull one of these up here um range map of barber's map turtle all right it's not really in focus there it comes so he's got all sorts of different dots. He's got lines. Instead of just blotch, like blotches on the map, he really covers the river Rhine systems that they're in. Mm. Um, so they're really cool uh, range maps as well. Um, <clears throat> anyway, great book. Got Like I said, got to meet him at Turtle Survival Alliance Conference. We talked quite a bit. Um, we also then sent him a, um, a, one of our calendars uh, as a gift like we do to a bunch of our uh, conservation and zoo and other folk contacts. Um, I got a, I actually, I don't know that I told Anthony this yet, got a postcard from Peter uh, the other week thanking uh, us for the, for the calendar, which That's is so cool. you know, hanging in his office. So uh, shout out to Peter there. Uh, glad you're enjoying it and uh, hope to see you again soon. That's really cool. Edinburgh University, who knew? Yep, Edinburgh State, yep, part of the Pennsylvania State System. Wow. It's Edinburgh State University? Uh, I don't know. I think it's just called Edinburgh University, but it is part of the Pennsylvania system of schools for higher education. Are you from Pennsylvania? I didn't know that. No, no idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you only spend half your, well, you would spend more time in Pennsylvania if you could. Don't deny it. Is it my turn to share a book? Oh, gladly. I have so many books right now. I have, like, I have literally 40 books stacked in front of me, so we'll be here all day. Well, I was um, really tempted to do that too, but then I realized Anthony's going to do the same thing, and half of them are the same book. Well, I thought that we could, like, you know, because then we can go back and forth, and you'd be like, oh, yeah. you son of a bee, you stole my idea, you know, that sort of thing. But this is the one I wanted to share first. Now, I have a very extensive collection here, and um, a, a, as I said, a large collection sitting in front of me right now in a, in a um, pile that is arranged in no particular order. However, I wanted to start here for a couple reasons. Um, this is the uh, Animal Planet Ready or Slider book. And while that seems like a pretty um, beginner subject and um, kind of a book that might not seem on the surface like it's all that profound, um, this is actually really well done. And it's written by a friend of ours, Katrina Smith who really, really knows what she's doing. And I think a lot of these books, when you go through them, um, you could usually sometimes, and like these beginner series books and things, and books that you get for less than $10, stuff that you would have bought over the years at like Petco's and stuff like that. Um, you could find sometimes uh, some questionable information from time to time or just information that's so broad that it's really not that useful but she really does do a really good job and if you have a radio slider and you've ever had <clears throat> a question about uh what care you should be providing or how to take care of uh different uh ailments things like that for instance in this book she talks about chlorhexidine um which is a um medication that we love to use topically uh, for shell rot, for instance. Um, I've never seen it listed in a book before. Uh, that's Novasan. Um, it's a newer, people used to use uh, betadine a lot, but it's a newer treatment. So 
Um, she just really did a good job. And as I said, she's a friend of ours and we just know there's, there aren't many people out there that are better than her. So, um, really good book and one that I recommend, even if you are into, uh, a bunch of different species, or if you just have a few readier sliders, like so many of us have, then, uh, definitely a useful piece of literature for you or anyone, I think. So there, there's a method to my madness. Are you done with that book already? Yes, I've read the book. No, I mean, are you done talking about that book already? Man. Yes, I'm done. Do you have any questions, Steve? If you have, if you have any uh, questions, I can let you know. No, not really. Um, you know, I, I've never been a you know, big red-eared slider guy <clears throat> just because of the common species. I'm a painted guy, probably because my first turtle was a painted, you know. Um, so... You but see. anyway, Katrina's, Katrina's great, and uh, no doubt anybody, even us veterans, could learn something from her book, I bet. So. Have you seen the book? Uh, not in person. I have. Good. I'll let you borrow it. I had her, art, I had her autograph it for me. Oh, fantastic. Oh, my uh, – my, uh, so, so far autograph. we've shared two books, and they're both autographed. Nice. Should we keep that going? I have more autographed books. Uh, this this is my only autographed turtle book, I think. But, oh. Oh, wait a minute. It, uh, I, I lie. I, I think. remember when I had my first beer. Yeah, it might be my only autographed turtle book. Oh, man. <clears throat> um, anyway, I know where I'm going next if Go it's my turn again. Go there. It's your turn. I didn't grab this one off my shelf, but here's the Amazon view of it. Life in a Shell. Nice, man. By uh, Donald C. Jackson. This is an absolutely fantastic book. Uh, this book gets beyond, um, it's not really about care. It's not really about, about life history. This is a, a physiologist's view of a turtle, as it says right there on the cover. Just fantastic information about how turtles, you know, breathe, how they do basically everything they do. Um, as I recall, there's a, there's a good chunk uh, discussing the, um, the uh, overwintering of western painted turtles. Mm -hmm. in, um, in below freezing temperatures, the turtles essentially freeze over the winter as hatchlings in the nest and still live in this and come out of the nest in the spring. And he talks about that a lot. Um, just a, a really, really great book for somebody who really likes turtles and is interested in, you know, some of the things that make them really unique. This is what I was hoping would happen with the conversation because now it took us to number three, but this is a book that both of us have read and I have, I have mine in my stack too. See? Yeah, so it's official. But um, <coughs> yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting that I think he remarked on the fact that besides readier sliders, Western painted turtles are the most uh, studied North American yes. turtle. And I thought it was so cool. I don't know. I, I guess maybe I'd figure it would be snapping turtles or something really common. But um, not that Western painteds aren't, but, um, you know, I, I think a part of it too is their a lot of the studies having to do with cold tolerance as you said um they've they've been using turtles um to look into basically how they the the way that they can withstand those cold temperatures um just to kind of learn more about cold tolerance in general and use that in medicine and things like that because it, they're they're so unique in the way that they could withstand those cold temperatures. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm really struggling with that comment, but <laughs> bear with me, folks. We're going to get through this together. Do you have more to say? I didn't mean to kill your vibe. No, no, it's your turn to pick a book now. Is that it? We're going to move this fast? Uh, I don't know, unless, unless you could talk more. I mean, like, I really loved that book, and my wife even read, read it read it or read bits of it because she found it fascinating mm. um, because it really gets into like, I feel like it covered things that not a lot of other, uh, other books covered. And the writing was in, in such a way that I think anybody would be able to understand it. Um, it was just very well communicated. Yeah. And, uh, you could tell the, the, the author was, we had really enjoyed studying um, turtles for this book, even though he's not like a turtle guy. 
so it was just again really great book and I would recommend it to just anybody who likes turtles to read it yeah well said well said we're gonna end there all right next all right. book don't rush me gosh <laughs> the next one a sheltered life which you can't see because there's a library stamp over it is that uh, your hey, is that mine's your a library book too <laughs> so S steve and i on the weekends steve and i on the weekends go out to libraries across the country and steal where, where is yours from san diego mine is from arlington texas nice have you ever been to arlington i have not I've never been to San Diego, so you know it wasn't us who originally took these books. But uh, they probably um, were sold. A lot of libraries will sell books to raise money. Would you um, be able? To, would you be able to prove that your book was sold in a in a court of law? Um, probably not. But it, well, I can prove it was sold once. It was purchased on eBay by somebody who gifted it to me. Wow. I didn't know you had friends who gave you stuff. I never give you Actually, stuff. This was a Turtle Forum gift exchange gift. Oh. From, um, from Jamie Alcumbrack out in Arizona. Very nice. Very nice. So what Steve is referring to, if you're not uh, familiar, there's turtleforum.com, which is a, a website, um, a part of Austin's turtle page. It's been around for a long time. And um, they do a holiday gift exchange. So if you're looking for friends, I'm talking to you, Steve. Uh, that's a good place for you to exchange. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I am looking for another friend. Oh. <laughs> it's a good place to um to meet people, talk about reptiles, specifically turtles and tortoises, and uh, around the holidays to exchange nice gifts. So let me talk about this book though. So rock this on. one is, huh? I said rock on. Rock on. Good. So, Sheltered Life, um, The Unexpected History of the Giant Tortoise, and it doesn't just talk about, it doesn't just talk about the tortoises that we know now, it also speaks about um, just the history of giant tortoises. Um, for instance, there was a species of giant tortoise that was uh, endemic to like Florida, um, as recently as you know being inhabited by man um so um we as a race have absolutely um exterminated several giant tortoise species um within our time uh really like just genocide really i mean absolutely just wiping out um entire species uh because they can obviously be flipped on their back and cooked in uh, a fire pretty easily. They can survive for a really long time on ships. Um, so that's kind of what's led to the demise of a lot of giant tortoise species. And this book is amazing. If you're into history and if you're into colonians, it's just a really cool, uh, really cool book that I recommend to anybody. So I don't know where Steve went. You still there, Steve? Okay, Steve will be right back. All right, there I am. Oh, hi, Steve. No, that was me coming back. Um, anyway, <clears throat> yeah, one of the other neat things I thought, I think it was that book, this book, is um, talked a lot about um, Darwin's research with the finches and the tortoises uh, in the Galapagos as well. And when I, you know, and when I read this book, it really um, interested me more in reading um, some more about you know, Darwin's um, studies uh, with the finches and the tortoises and other um, species that are on the Galapagos Islands as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, again, another, another really well-written book that I think anybody can get into, even if they're not, you know, terribly academic-minded, um, because it's, it's, again, written for just about anybody to understand. And it's got a... Um, it's almost... It's written in a... So it's not like a, I'm not saying it's written like a story, but it's got a nice narrative flow to it. The rape makes it really easy to get into too. 
Right. Well said. All right, so are you up next? Sure. And I'm going to continue on uh, that theme and go with this book. Ah, very nice. The Last Tortoise by Craig B. Stanford. And um, this is another one I had picked up, um, I think, right after reading Sheltered Life. And, you know, I found this was just another um, spectacular book on on tortoises, particularly the, the giant tortoises. Um, this uh, book kind of came about uh, out of the plate of, um, of Lonesome George. Um, so who's Lonesome George? What was that? Who's Lonesome George? Oh, I don't, <laughs> I hope most of our audience knows who Lonesome George is. Well, Solomon, uh, uh, Jorge Solamente, I call him. Right. Uh, Lonesome George was a, was a, the last remaining member of one of the Galapagos tortoise subspecies who passed away, um, half decade ago, I guess now, or something like that. Um, without being able to reproduce. Right. Uh, we had done a, you know, we had a podcast at some point where, um, where John showed some of his footage of when he got to see Lonesome George's um, preserved body. And we talked a bit about Lonesome George on that show. So if you want to know more about Lonesome George, dig back through our old podcasts and uh, and check that one out. <laughs> we don't know which one it is, but you you can tell us. Find out which one it is, you the viewer, and you come back and let us know. We'd really appreciate it. That'd be great. That'd be great. Am I up again? I think so. This is good. I think you know people are going to be able to uh, to really build their libraries. Now, up next, if you're looking for a book to really make your home smell like the attic of the library, this is the book for you. Living Turtles of the World. Oh, the old PCH Pritchard book. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 1967. I think this book is such a trip just because he's, like, still doing it, you know? Yeah. And, um, I mean, he's had books come out recently he's had i can show this one now too <clears throat> raffidus curve of extinction i'm going to go back to the living turtles of the world but this is uh dr pritchard's most recent book and um it details many different stories but obviously um first being the uh the giant soft shell turtle that we spoke about last show uh, four left in the world. That's Raphidus Swinhoi. That's how I pronounce it, but Steve pronounces it differently. Go ahead, Steve. How would you say it? Raphidus? Raphidus. Raphidus Swinhoi. Swinhoi. Raphidus Swinhoi is how I like to say it because I taught myself how to say it, and I'm proud of that. So um, <laughs> that's his most recent book. So to see these two juxtaposed next to one another is kind of a trip, but... This one actually, talk about a trip. He has this picture of himself when he was like really young. Can you see it? Yeah. It's really cool. And he autographed that one for me. Oh, booyah. So that one means a lot to me. But it's really cool to see like how far we've come with some of the uh, some of the species and even in this book. So I'll just do a whole Pritchard segment right now since I have so many books, but even in his, uh, second book, the encyclopedia of turtles, which is a really big one. You can see that's a lot of pages there. Um, the progress from the 1967 book to this 1978 book really, uh, came a long way in that amount of time. This is 1979. Sorry. So that was 12 year difference. Uh, kind of like the zombie movies by George A. Romero. That's how I look at the big books by Pritchard. Uh, from yeah. Night of the Living Dead to Dawn of the Dead. Uh, only one decade. And even though it went from black and white to color, there was a lot of advances, you know what I mean? Just in the storyline and stuff like that. So just compare Peter Pritchard books to zombie movies for you. So if you're interested. Um, while we're on Pritchard... 
Um, one of my one of my favorite books as well is it's they're essentially his memoirs, um, Tales from the Tibet, Reflections of a Turtle Man. Um, there's tons of great stories in this book. Uh, Peter uh, in this book is basically um, he, <clears throat> he starts by telling uh, a number of stories. Um, well, he first talks about um, his mentor Archie Carr, who um, passed away mm. several years ago, and um, <clears throat> Then he, he starts telling several stories about, um, about the Galapagos tortoises and his experiences on the islands. And, and then the middle chunk of the book is almost all about um, his work with sea turtles. And then um, he finishes the book with, some, um, some rem with remembering some other people who've impacted his life, as well as um, some of his speeches and essays as well. Um, it's a really enjoyable book to read. I, I loved the section on the giant tortoises and the sea turtle stuff was especially fascinating as well. And just really cool to listen to him tell stories about his travels to around the world to conserve, uh, conserve turtles and tortoises. And I, that, that was on my list too, but mine's autographed. Right yeah, well, you got to visit him. I haven't gotten to do that thing yet. So well, I have so many Pritchard books. And I had wow. to decide which ones I wanted to get signed. So I brought his first book, and then I brought, like, my favorite of his books. This is really – Steve, you, you, you're you 100% right. It really, really is a good book. And Yeah, no yeah. doubt. And, uh, honestly, yeah. anybody who enjoys, um, enjoys just stories of <clears> – like, to me, it's almost like um, the most interesting man meets turtles um, – like it really, they really come across as those kind of stories. Um, you know, <clears throat> I don't always, you know, drink beer, but when I do, it's you know, like this is like there, there, like there's some great, almost like legendary stories in here that yeah. I think if enough turtle people go and and read this book, we'll be talking about Peter's stories for you know decades to come because he was willing to share them with us in this book. I agree. I absolutely agree. It's really funny. Uh, and and honestly, it's well worth this fifty six sixty five. I know that seems expensive for a memoir, but uh, this book was uh, this book is awesome. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer to do it with turtles. It's dos equis. <laughs> I don't always read books. But when I do, you gave me a segue into my next one. Thank you, sir. No problema. This one's tough to see right here. This is the Handbook of Turtles by Archie Carr, which I had to buy out of respect for, um, for the man who was the uh, mentor to Dr. Pritchard. So, which is just kind of how I was introduced to him. But since reading um, that book by Pritchard we were just discussing um, really kind of opened my eyes and got me interested in um, Archie Carr's work. And this book is really, it's amazing how ahead of its time it was. This book is from 1952, 5-2. That's a long time ago. The year before my dad was born. Right? And your dad's old. I'm just kidding. I never met I your dad. Tell, I wouldn't tell that to his face. <laughs> well, that's how you said it. You're the one that did it. I mean, it. he's 30 years older than I am. Well, makes sense. Exactly. So So they were doing a good job family planning. Um, 30 is a good age for to bear children. Not that he bared children, but you know. Um. <coughs> Yeah, that's what that's 64 years ago. That's amazing. And there's a lot of good information in here. And um yeah, there's there's information on how like um the eastern painted turtle and the midland painted turtle uh had an intergrade zone. I, I and I just thought that was so cool to see in a book from this time period. Really really interesting. Uh, so I think a lot of good information has been out, obviously, for a really long time. And for those of us who are younger, I mean, I'm not 64, 
So to be able to see kind of how things progressed, how the um, taxonomy has changed, like the scientific naming, the nomenclature <clears throat> for um, species over the years, how that evolves. You can see that through these older books and you can kind of get an appreciation for that. You can also, I know just from my own writing, um, I found some things in older books that I wasn't able to find in newer books because for whatever reason it's been, um, you know, maybe it's not seen as, as relevant, but when you're trying to write about a species and there's limited information, you'll take anything you can find. So um, it can be really useful just to, to look through some of the old books and see if you can find any little nuggets of information that you weren't able to find somewhere else. So this is a really, a really cool book and another one that will make your house smell like the attic of the library. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Do you have another one, Steve? Um, I do. Um, I only have one more in my stack, but there's plenty more I can talk about. There's actually, this is actually a series of books. Mm -hmm. The Terralog books from Holger Vetter. Um, I grabbed the East and South Asia one just because it's the favorite, my favorite of the three I've got. Um, my favorite too. Well, these books aren't... Uh, these books have very little written content. This is what most of the pages of the book look like. They are spectacular reference guides to help occasionally identify some species that you just don't see a lot. Um, and he covers lots of the different forms through these books as well. Um, there are some written notes in the beginning of the book, um, both in German and English by the way, that um, he talks about um, some of the taxonomy um, from family down to, um, down to the genus and subgenus at times. Um, uh, occasionally he makes some different decisions than, um, than you normally see, but it's interesting to read his uh, reasoning as well, why he's um, chosen some different taxonomic no nomenclature that mm -hmm. may have been the most accepted. Um, it's always interesting to learn something about that. Um, one of the other things to remember when it comes to taxonomy is you've got two big groups of people. You know, in politics, we've got Democrats and Republicans, and in taxonomy, we've got splitters and groupers, or splitters and combiners. Some people want to try to group them into as small groups as possible, and some other people are really big into splitting them up into as many, you know, clearly defined pieces as possible. There are, you know, and... Just like any spectrum, there are people uh, everywhere in between as well. Mm -hmm. Well said. Well said. Yeah, I like I like the books. I really do. I, I think that they're, like you said, really good reference. When you're wondering how to keep something and there's not a care sheet on it because it's pretty rare, um, there will be, uh, you know, thoughts on how to best keep them. So pretty good stuff. I'm moving on. Sounds good to me. I'm trying to think of what advantage we gain from showing 60 books instead of showing six books, but I don't care. I don't care. Feel free to contact us later and let us know which ones you appreciate out of the group or which ones you have questions about, because obviously we read a lot of books because we have read all these. Now I speak for myself. I don't know if Steve's reading them or just saying he's reading them, but I know I read them. So... Turtles of the World. Got a copy of that one over on my shelf, too. This is a good one. This is a good one. <clears throat> I, I, um, I waited to buy it for a while because it's not, it's like not a newer book and it's not an older book. It's like not vintage. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like right in the middle. Same thing, to be honest. It's, it's actually one of the more recent books I've added to my collection. Mm -hmm. um, Same here. I just bought it. And again, the taxonomy is a bit out of date uh, because yeah. the book is, what's the copyright? Isn't I that thought it was 1992 off the top of my head. Um, it looks like 89. I was going to say, I thought it was a little older than that. Yeah. So taxonomy is a bit out of date. 
but there's a lot of neat little things in there. There's some neat identification guides stuff, kind yeah. of stuff in there. Uh, there's photos. lots of good information, despite the taxonomy being out of date. Let me make sure everybody's seeing Anthony's picture here. Good, fo good photos, good photos. Yeah, definitely good photos. Um, but there's also good text identification information, um, which helps you get down the chain um, from the top of the family, you know, and you ask certain questions and look at the turtle and at, you know, each species breaks off as you go down the chain of asking those questions as well. Well, you know, it's really funny. I, I wrote for, um, last year's Batiger, the, um, newsletter of the turtle and tortoise preservation group. And, um, when I, I wrote about Pelusios nanus, which is the African dwarf mud turtle, which has been become really, uh, a lot more popular um, in collections over the past couple of years as more have been imported um, into Europe and in the United States. Um, so I myself was interested in the species and um, have kept the species. So I was basically looking for information wherever I can get it. And it's very, to say that it's very scarce is the understatement of my lifetime, honestly. Um, there's next to zero information. And then, like I was saying before, you reference some of the older books. Um, this is not some, this is not information you could find online. And it's not in a lot of the newer books. But this, this one book, uh, Turtles of the World, uh, has more information than any other uh, than any other resource that you'll find on that one species. I can't speak for every species. I haven't researched in, you know, that type of depth um, every species that's out there. But, you know, with that one particular species, I was absolutely shocked to find as much information as I did on that little uh, diminutive African mud turtle that has eluded me as far as literature goes for quite a while now. So that was really exciting. I immediately uh, dog-eared the page and uh, have gone back to it several times now just to, to reread it and reread it and reread it. So uh, pretty cool. It looks like Steve grabbed more books. I know, I see one, I know which, I know what one of those is, at least the one I can see. Uh, you should go to it. It's a segue. There's a good segue to that red one. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> here's another turtles of the world book there are it feels like there's about i don't know 16 books named turtles of the world um this one uh could have easily fit into the peter pritchard segment he translated this from french to english so not only is peter pritchard the most interesting turtle man in the world he speaks french fluently so good um anyway this turtles of the world book um, it's kind of, um, it's almost like a field guide type thing. There, you know, there's a, a little blurb, uh, a range map, um, a short description, and some other basic information with one picture of basically every species that was known to man at the time that this book was published in 2006, I believe. Yeah, 2006, yep. Yep. I had that one from memory. I knew that one from memory, too. I did. I don't know why this one, I don't know why I remember this one. It's a really good book. Like you said, it's every species is very extensive. So no matter what species you're looking for, again, I use Pelusios nanus as an example, the African dwarf mud turtle. There's information on them in that right. book. And that again, you, can't, you can't say that about many books. Right. And again, um, because some people have different opinions on taxonomy, here we have one of the things that's a little different is, you know, we're seeing um, the Chinimus, um, taxonomic name uh, instead of Maremis. Um, again, there are some folks that see Maremis as um, uh, a few other smaller groups instead of one big group. Um, there are some people that uh, also look at it as kind of in between and like to use subgenuses to break down the big genus. Um, but anyway, still a great book. Um, and I, again, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm a nerd, so Anthony's going to eat some pretzels, but I enjoy, you know, the different, like, looking at people's different opinions on the taxonomy, and, <laughs> and I find that I end up being a, a taxonomic moderate. <laughs> I think that my pretzels reminded you that you needed to nerd it up a little bit. Uh, it's possible. Just embrace who you are. 
Just lay it on thick. If, you, if you're a nerd, just be a nerd, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I do. Yeah. I have a I have a new one. <clears throat> Gulfstream. Oh, yeah, the David S. Lee book. By David Lee, my literary hero, my literal literary hero, who um, unfortunately passed away um, recently, relatively recently. Um, this book is a really, really interesting book, and I'll tell you why. So if anyone watching this is anything like me, you don't really read a lot unless it's about turtles or tortoises or reptiles or what have you. I'm that type of person. I'm, I have an obsessive personality. Um, when I'm into something, I'm into it, and that's it. Everything I do is for that hobby. Um, in doing so and in all the reading that I've done over the years now, um, I was able to come across uh, Mr. Lee, who is the author of this book, and authored many, many uh, papers on turtles and tortoises, uh, one of which like changed my life. I've talked about it on the podcast before. And um, his writing style is so amazing that when I read his, his books, I become a better writer. I become a better person. I just I get smarter through osmosis I and mean, just being around his literature makes me a better person. I don't know why. So this book um, just talks about the Gulf Stream and his experiences. He um, studied seabirds there. Um, but in, you know, in his time um, out there over the course of several decades, he was able to uh, really become quite close with many uh, animals um, out there and and really learn a lot about their behavior and um, their their range and things like that reporting animals off the North Carolina coast that have never been reported there before just because he was out there every day and had the knowledge to do so when most of the people who are out there are fishermen to actually have a naturalist out there uh, keeping an eye on things it's amazing how many things could be discovered um, and there's a lot about some really cool species as well, uh, like leatherback sea turtles um, and Wright's whales. He talks about how, uh, you know, having like a dog uh, almost like touching the eye of a whale that would roll over on its side so that it could look at the people and the dog in the boat. And, you know, both of these animals that would never normally encounter the, each other and to see how they interact with one another. This is a very, and then the way that he writes it and tells the story is absolutely amazing. So I would recommend that book to anyone when I bought it. It really made me very sad, but um, I don't know what it is right now on Amazon, but um, I put it on my Christmas list this year and I got it and I read the book within a couple weeks um, among writing and other things I was doing at the time. And thank goodness because my writing came out better because of the, because of this book, because I was reading it at the time. I swear, I'm a better writer when I read his stuff. I, I, I know I said that already, but I can't emphasize that enough. Um, but on Amazon, the book was only like $3 at the most. It went back up the last time I looked, but it was it was originally like 24, and then it was like, you know, prime price 19, and then it was like $3, it was ridiculous. For, for the buy it new, like the prime price which I've never seen before. I don't know what was going on. But the best deal I've ever gotten on a brand new book. And um, I didn't care. I would have bought it for whatever it was. But, yeah. Oh, no. So, what else do you have, Steve? Do you have any more? I, I, I brought a really big one over with me. Good. I was hoping you'd bring that one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I talked about the Bible of math turtles earlier. This is the Bible of um, North American turtles. Uh, well, maybe not quite North American because Mexico and the Central America is technically North America. But anyway, uh, yeah, I have the other cover off, so I'm going to have to turn it this way. This is the second edition of Turtles of the United States and Canada. The first edition was done by um, Ernst and Barber um, in the early 90s, not long after um, Pritchard's um, Turtles of the World book came out. 
and or not not his. I mean Ernst's Turtles of the World book came out. Anyway, um, this uh, Jeff Lovich uh, did the second edition with his mentor Carl Ernst. <laughs> um, there is if if a if a paper has been written. An academic paper has been written about a species that resides in the United States or Canada. It was read in the making of these books. Uh, and a very extensive bibliography for every species. I mean, uh, the bibliography at the end of the book is literally, I think, 50 pages long or something like that. I'm actually curious, so I'm going to go count it again now. <laughs> um, the bibliography starts on page 649. Oh, it's even longer than that. 649 and goes through page 800 and... Whoa. 819. So Whoa. we're talking 160 pages just of bibliography. So they've done a, a thorough amount of research. If there's something you want to know about a... Um, about a species is natural history, it's wild diet, it's habitat, anything along those lines, you're probably going to find it in here. There's information on reproduction, uh, including um, studies that have been done in captivity for incubation temperatures, temperature sex determination, etc. Mm -hmm. Lots of really good information in this book. Again, anything that lives in the United States and Canada has been covered very, very, very thoroughly here. Um, I actually got to meet. Um, Dr. Jeff Lovich at the Turtle Survival Alliance Conference in August. Um, and when I told him I was from Lancaster County, he got really excited because um, he and his mentor, Carl Ernst, who wrote this book um, together, they, um, they studied, uh, they had a study site here in Lancaster County where they studied um, bog turtles, wood turtles, and spotted turtles in the same location for several decades and uh, the location also had painted turtles and snapping turtles and um, and stink pots um, but either way so he got really excited because he has a lot of good memories from his time here in Lancaster County so he and I got to talk and chat uh, quite a while there, there may not be a nicer turtle person uh, he was just uh, just a spectacular human being those are strong words man those are strong words I'm just saying I'm, I'm pretty nice and I'm right here and for you to say that right now, that hurts a lot. <laughs> I don't know. There are times you've took. Well, we we're talking. You call Chris the nicest human being on the earth. So, oh, that's true. Chris is nice, though. Yes. We're talking about Chris Leone of Garden State Tortoise. If anyone's wondering, uh, I should say too, just about that book. Any anytime we write about a an American species, it's so it's it's so easy because it's basically like one-stop shopping for information. If you, if you want to, like we'll rewrite species profiles. If you write about an American species, you don't have to really, you know, grab information from all over a bunch of different resources. As Steve said, if a study has been done, the information is in the book and it's as simple as that. So um, we, you know, we don't just stop there, but we don't find much elsewhere that's not in the book. So really is pretty all-encompassing for those species that are listed in the book. I have a couple more that I want to show. I think you're running out, right? Uh, I don't have any others over here with me. There was there'll be one other book that if you don't cover it, I'll mention it. But we are uh, we're at 10 of 8 now, so um, we'll probably try to wrap this up within 10 minutes to keep, uh, you know, try to stay on time here. I have four more. Four more? Wow. I'm sorry. I get so excited. That's okay. What do you All right, real quick. You ask me questions if anything's interesting. If not, I'll just move right on, okay? All right. Okay, first one. Identification manual for the conservation of turtles in China. Oh, that little guide. That guide is so little, so neat. I wish I had a copy of it. It's really great. So if you look inside, great photos. And this book was actually made for, um, for like customs officials to be able to identify what type of um, turtles are coming through uh, in shipments so they could actually look at it and try to identify. <clears throat> I've got to get me a copy of that thing. It's a really, really cool book. Now, it was originally done in, in, in Chinese um, and was translated. This one is its almost like the whole Gervetter books, uh, the Terralog, Turtles of the World. With a little um, more written information. 
Yeah, there's not a ton of written information, right? It's it's but but really what's really cool is if there's a like species, this book will tell the only thing that really is written is it will tell you how to differentiate the two and then yeah. tell you what type of um uh, what the conservation status is if there's any protection. So, I mean, really, really, really cool, unique book. You won't find a book quite like this. And and the thing that I love about it the most is you can tell that this was made because there was a need for it. You know what I mean? So that that's kind of what I really love about that one. Um, if people have heard of the Lizard King, um, for me, Stolen World was the best book out of that movement to kind of describe the uh reptile industry hobby and uh some of its less desirable um history if that makes sense uh, how some animals like the bearded dragon came here totally illegally and and how they've become a real uh staple in the hobby and stuff like that so a tale of reptiles smugglers and skullduggery which i had to look up great subtitle really. yeah yeah i know definitely <laughs> There are, there are people in the industry who um, don't like this book as much as the other one. Um, that's, that's a nice way uh, Steve is trying to dispute what I just said. No, um, well, no. Um, I think I've got it right. Um, maybe I've got it backwards. One of the books was written by a, an insider. The other was more written by an investigative journalist. Mm-hmm. Um, naturally, the I, I've heard a lot of the reptile folks prefer the book. Though I can't remember, what, and now I'm starting to question whether it was this one or Lizard King. They prefer the one that was written by the insider. They feel like the other one paints a, a slightly less desirable picture. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think you're bound to have that happen. Um, and anybody kind of tends to play, you know, have some prejudices towards their own insiders. You know, when they're exposing these kinds of things right i want the one from the outsider who's going to expose more right exactly both great books um, yeah i like both, both. i like both yeah for sure um okay i just want to show this one because i'm happy i have it and also so i can give people uh uh so this is this this I book is in, grab my book that's in french that i don't yeah. know how to read is that the uh, Les Tortues? Les Tortues de Indochine. Yeah, I have that book too. Oh, that's right. I forgot you picked that one up. You're, yeah, yeah. My, mine, you thought you got such a great deal, and then I got such a great deal on it. Seriously? Yeah. Mine was that. still wrapped in paper. I got that one and the Turtles of Venezuela, both for $22 together. Yeah. Thief. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Online too. So this one, this is a German book on on the Geoimida genus, which are my favorite. But really, it was I, I wanted to show this one just a because it's a beautiful book. It's gorgeous inside. The photos are amazing. It's um, it's an amazing book. But um, I also wanted just to say that uh, we shouldn't limit ourselves uh, to what is easy. So this is I do not speak German, but. Um, I've worked on translating some of this and will continue until I translate the entire book. It's really interesting to look at something in a different language and try to figure out what's interesting uh, information that you haven't seen before. But the point is that uh, a lot of times good information does not travel uh, from one language to another. And there's a very good chance that some good uh, info is sitting right there in German and it's just up to me to translate it. So I challenge myself to do so. I guess so. <clears throat> and I have a really hard time finding... Do we have to like switch to like a different Amazon or something, Steve? Is that how you find books in different languages on a certain subject? Because I can't... I don't, I don't have a very easy time finding books in other languages when I search for things. Um, I think Amazon probably generally, you know, filters results because they're assuming you want things in your own language. Right. It might be helpful if you, you know, would write German book. Right. And then your search, you know, or whatever. I feel like I've done that too. But I don't know. All right, last one. Australian freshwater turtles. Really. Don't have that one, but that would be a fun read, I bet. It's a really tough one to find these days. It's been out of print for a while. 
And every time I see it for sale, it's like three hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, it's a gorgeous book. Some really, really good information by a guy who, um, is the leading expert on Australian turtles. And the photos in this book are like outlandish. And it's a big book. Yeah. I have a huge head. I have a huge head. Yes, you have a big old melon. Yeah, I have a monstrous dome, and you can see how it's dwarfed by these turtle photos. I'm just saying. So that's what I got. I, I have more. I could keep going, but I won't. All right. And then I'm going to toss one more, one more up here that I've got on Amazon just as a real quick thing because we haven't covered anything like this tonight. Um, Amanda Ebenhack's uh, Healthcare oh. and Rehabilitation of Turtles and Tortoises. Good one. It's it's a great resource to have at your fingertips um, in case you see something you haven't seen before. Um, tells you how you can deal with it. At the same time, I would also suggest don't bite off more than you chew just because this book may give you an idea of how to treat something. Don't go overboard thinking you can do it all yourself. It's good because um, a vet, an experienced vet, is going to be able to do it better. Um, but it may help you identify what things are serious enough that you need to enlist the assistance of a vet as well. There's also there's some other great information in it. Um, it's got some things as basic as lists of plants that are safe and unsafe to eat for turtles and tortoises. To there's and there's crazy pictures of all sorts of bizarre medical issues with turtles and tortoises in there too. It's a great resource to have at your fingertips. That sounds like something one of us said. You may have said that, yes. <laughs> it's oh. a great resource to have to scratch your forehead with. <laughs> Just saying. Be careful. That thing can give a monstrous paper cut. I've heard that. My books smell funny. How many books do you think we showed? We're going to have to watch the episode afterwards and, and discuss. And count? Uh, yeah, well, over under. Five, six, seven, eight. I showed nine. If you showed nine, I'd say we showed... 22? 24? Yeah, I'd say more like 24, 25, yeah. Yeah, because I showed a lot. Yeah, you did. All right. I never uh, even read any of them. Anything else we want to cover real quick before we get out of here? I'm just kidding. I read them. I did. Most of that. I didn't read the German book. I tried. You are voracious. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm good. It's been 59 minutes, 58 minutes, something like that. Yeah, right about there. It's good. I like it. Listen. If anyone out there wants to be a, bless you, Gesundheit. Thank you. Hold on. Gesundheit. <laughs> Gesundheit, yes. Wunderbar. Jawohl. <laughs> That's so good. So listen, if anyone has any ideas for topics, things they'd like to see discussed on the podcast, <coughs> please feel free to email us, Steve at theturtleroom.com or anthony at theturtleroom.com and we would love to oblige. Thank you so much for watching. Um, feel free to check us out at the Turtle Room or like I said, email us. Uh, check us out on social media, YouTube, all that stuff. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And yeah, we have a current opening, Steve. Tell us about that current opening. Yeah, I was going to say, one more thing we should plug real quick is we are we have a current opening for somebody to join our team at an entry-level position. Um, we are currently looking for a World Turtle News contributor to be part of the team responsible for our uh, five times a week uh, World Turtle News blog. Um, so if you're interested in becoming a part of the Turtle News uh, volunteer staff team um, at an entry-level area where you won't have a lot of responsibilities to begin with, um, this is a great opportunity. Um, to just uh, to get involved uh, with the Turtle Room, learn more about uh, the Turtle Room. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that does say is you will be given the opportunity to show your ability to contribute to other educational resources as well. So um, entry level, chance for growth. For more details, visit theturtleroom.com slash join our team. 
All right. We've got this posted up on Facebook as well. And there is a chance we may be posting another opening uh, in the near future as well. <laughs> Again, all volunteer positions. No, nobody on our on our team uh, is paid at this point. Um, but Except we. Me. <clears throat> I get, I get, Steve pays me out of his own pocket. Yeah. You mean you owe me money? <laughs> That's what I meant. Yes, I do. <laughs> coming very soon um but anyway, I, said that the, I said that in the last podcast remember i said i was going to give you a yep, bag full I, of singles with stripper glitter and blood on them that's right it's in the mail <laughs> so again <laughs> uh, we've got an opening um we might have another one keep your eyes peeled um we're mainly uh looking for you know somebody who can help uh we're looking for people for very specific responsibilities so we can continue to uh, work efficiently in producing resources. So um, right. I'm going to turn this off now. Again, uh, the turtle room slash join our team if you're interested. All the details and instructions are there. Mm -hmm. um, for Anthony Pierleone, I'm Steve Enders, and we're signing off. We'll see you again on Monday, March, or Monday, April the 4th. Have a good night.